It's like comic book Christmas. Sins of Sinister is here. Finally. It's more like comic book Hanukkah because we got how many weeks of this? Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. That's true. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Mr. Sinister. No, you're not. Your name is Justin. Yeah, but I could have the Sinister... You could, you could, you could have a diamond that you're hiding from me. And you didn't know. And nobody knew. Except for you. Except for me. The whole time. The whole time. You're getting ahead of yourself I'm here. Just, I, you know, I just do that thing where I we just want to talk about the fire. We have a lot of other things to talk about. I mean, before. some of them, some of them I'm going to just skip. <laughs> I don't even want to. <laughs> I'll save it for the time. We'll do it. Let's go over what it is we're talking about today. We're talking about those Infinity comics, Love Unlimited number 34 and X-Men Unlimited number 71. Then, unfortunately, we must discuss Murder World Wolverine number one. <laughs> also, Midnight Suns number five, Dark Web, The Amazing Spider-Man number 18, Sabretooth and the Exiles number three, Exterminators number five, and Sins of Sinister number one. Ooh-wee. But first... The news! The news! Hey, we got new covers. It was a slow news day, and then I was like scrounging for some stuff. And there's there's new covers. There's you know some storm looking awesome, and some women's history month covers that just got released with Scarlet Witch and Wolverine, Laura Wolverine, and then Storm, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Just great to see him. Love to have it. Very exciting. There was a preview, no letters, just the art. Of Immoral X-Men. It came out oh. a couple days ago, but I didn't want to post it just because Emma was rocking the diamond. And I felt mm. like that was a little... I mean, we see it on the covers as right. we continue, but I just felt like that was a little premature before Sins of Sinister comes out. Well, everybody's going rogue. Like, they don't care. Even yesterday, I saw... So today is Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Joshua Kassara posted on Instagram a picture... Yeah, yeah. From the book, but then captioned it, hashtag X spoilers. And I was like, Josh, my dude, <laughs> this is Instagram. It's not Twitter. You can't filter those out the same way. But to be fair, that page has been in solicitation previews. Mm, and it wasn't really that much of a spoiler. Right. Honestly. It was like, it hey, was a Chimera page. Sinister's going to do Chimera stuff. Spoiler alert, um, in case you didn't know, that's what Sinister's been doing the whole damn time. The whole time. We should talk about it right now. No, we have to talk about other stuff first. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. Hey, there's a whole article about the Easter eggs in Sins of Sinister. Oh, I like that. All the little references. There is a whole article of all of the Easter eggs in Sins of Sinister number one. Oh, I, I love a good Easter egg. Right? So every little connection back to past comics, obviously the most... Blatant one, those first two pages, to mm -hmm. me, my me's. To me, my me's. Little Genosian callback, the then the Uncanny X-Men run from Karen Gillan, where everything truly is sinister, and now we're getting everything sinister again. Thanos, the threat that is Thanos, say no more for now. Mm-hmm. Uranus, the one-hour ode, and how it can apparently be used for whatever, and... Nightcrawler's dark fate revealed. Some of these aren't really Easter eggs. Some of them are just like, hey, this is the thing we were setting up for this event. And here it is. Yeah. That seems like less of an Easter egg and more of like a collection of points. Right. 
Storm removing herself from the resurrection protocols, becoming a foil. The the one the this really isn't the 1990s. I don't want to be lurking in the shadows. Line that Sinister says mm-hmm. is a callback to the fact that he was introduced in I think Uncanny X Men 212, but doesn't actually fully appear until 221, almost a full 10 issues later. So he's just hanging out. That one I would consider an actual Easter egg. Right, right. The we must be on the same side key line from Immortal X-Men, I guess Easter egg, but also plot connection to essentially the same title. Right. Mm-hmm. The rest are really just the I, I don't want to get too far into the rest of them because they're all just, hey, let's just talk about Sins of Sinister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not what we're doing. This is supposed to be the news. Right, right. It came out probably before our last episode went up, but we didn't know about it yet. Weapons of Vengeance, a Wolverine and Ghost Rider crossover team up. Oh, snap. Written by Benjamin Percy. That's art by awesome. jo- Jeff Shaw. Yeah. This is a team up of those two. Well, that's cool. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. More of a personal news update. We have been playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Uh. I have gotten Alicia addicted to this game, but also extremely frustrated with Doctor Strange Dormammu. Let me explain something to you all. I never played video games like this ever, ever, ever. Yet another thing. I feel like we're starting the podcast again. I had never played a fighting video game. The most I did was like attempt a couple rounds of Smash Brothers in college or play the X-Men arcade game yep. where it's like three buttons. So no narrative fi- story in no. either of those. I'm I'm trying my well. little hardest to get myself used to hitting all the right buttons at all the right time. Justin's constantly telling me, hey, look over here at this little thing in the corner. And I'm like, no, I can't look over there. <laughs> I have to only look over here. I very like rarely change characters unless i die i've been really going strong with spider gwen i'm into her you know i'm doing my thing and then we get to dr strange dormammu and there's eight billion things happening on the screen at once i can't move my fingers fast enough to make a choice before i realize i'm being burned alive and it's like i'm addicted but i'm also infuriated and i've i just i'm not sure how i want to go forth with these kind of emotions because I'm playing this game and I really want to beat this guy, but at the same time, I might throw the controller straight through the TV. And you better not because that's our TV and that's my (laughs) controller, so please don't break the Uh, things. That's my controller. Oh, that's true. That's right. You bought a GameCube controller for the Switch. Yeah, I did. It's ours. No, that that one's mine. (laughs) What's the the threshold on what's yours is mine? I picked it out for me. Okay. (laughs) We have a poll. Ooh. Three entries into the poll. Sins of Sinister, Exterminators, Sabretooth and the Exiles. Oh, gosh, golly. What do you think? Where well, you Sins at? of Sinister is the winner. Okay. And by how much? Uh, 72%. Ooh, pretty close. 76. Okay. 76% for Sins of Sinister. Who's in second place? Exterminators. Yep. How much? Okay. Well, if we had 76%, that leaves us with... 24 percent so i'm gonna say exterminators got 18 percent 22 percent dang which wow means that the numbers don't really math out is probably an odd number of votes because saber in the exiles has three percent and that's 101 percent that's not good that's math, not math but a clear winner for the week I, w- I was gonna ask this on the instagram but i didn't 
I figure I'll ask you here. Maybe I'll put it in the story tomorrow. Did Sins of Sinister number one live up to the hype? For me, yes. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it really got me excited because it sets up the world of Sins of Sinister with these progressions of the years. And it really does a good job of making it like a recap of like, how did we get here while still being an interesting story? So it didn't drag out the journey of how we got to that point. Right. But it's still got fun quips it's still got interesting story it's still got jaw-dropping moments yeah it's such a wide story oh yeah. i just want to talk about it now but let's get into mm. unlimited comics all right let's start out with love unlimited yeah so your girl my girl kate starting us off calling everybody into action well we got to find out what's going on yeah there's a a mutant on the island causing some havoc some and, and it's not alex yeah, it's not havoc yeah, so we're we're trying to figure out who it is, and Karma's going after her brother, and Danny and Elle are like, we should go along too, because I think they suspect that it's her at first, and then they find out it's the brother, and then, whoa, where has he gone? The but arena. to the arena for the Crucible, because he can't quite handle the idea that his sister gave up her life for him to have his own body. So he has to take over Danny's body. Guy, do you not know how resurrection works? Like, it's not a big deal. But but he's never had... Think about, like, Fallen Angels, right? When Kanan got her body back for the first time. Like, you just don't... You don't know how to handle that kind of space. That kind of existence. But also that kind of generosity. The relationship between Tran and Swan has always been tumultuous at best yeah so it's interesting because you know it's it's a story of love in a different way yeah it's not romantic love yeah well between the brother and sister yeah but then also just this budding she doesn't karma doesn't want to let l in on it right well no because they have broke up they're on a break right we are not in something where we share these kind of deep personal things but Galora, L is arguing we are still teammates. This is something that we should still be able to back each other up with. It's true. It's interesting that Kanon is there. Mm-hmm. She shows up. To speak on this idea of inhabiting a new body or having a body for the first time in a long time. Yeah. So we'll see what comes of that story. I'm assuming the next one would wrap it up. No, there's probably two but, more. There's, oh, okay. I think that was issue four. All right. So there's two more. Writer and artist Trung Lei Nguyen Yen, color artist Triona Farrell, letters Ariana Maher. Oh, VC's Ariana Maher. Now. Yes. Moving, so, moving on to our angry squad. I Here's the thing. I need this story to be over now. Yeah. I'm kind of done with it. I feel like it it had a good run, and but every issue now is just Nature Girl toting around saying she's the best one to solve the problems and everyone else is to blame. And I mean, she keeps blaming horticulture for Curse's death, but I kind of feel like it was Nature Girl's fault. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like last issue did a lot of great stuff with the council element, but the whole Nature Girl on a rampage is getting tired. Yeah. And I mean, I did enjoy the ridiculousness of all of horticulture's traps traps so basically they've broken into horticulture's lair 
And they're like, oh, that's weird. Nobody's here. Must be a trap. Well, oh, well, we're totally prepared for everything. So they're continuously fighting all of these traps. I think the variety of traps are interesting and funny. But along the way, Armageddon Man is just beast-moding powers and horticulture is sneakily scanning him the right. entire time. Because so, that's what they really are it's after. a trap, but not the kind of trap you think it's going to be. And... Then we're going to hopefully be queued up. Then now we're hopefully queued up for our final battle? Question mark. We'll see. We do leave on that cliffhanger of the verses. Our three verses are four. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Amelia Lasso. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Letters, Joe Sabino. Good to see Joe Joe again. VCs. Joe Sabino. What in the Marvel comics does Squid Game was this murder world? I am literally infuriated that this entire issue, the okay, all a the page of Wolverine, all it wasn't the even Wolverines Wolverine. come in, and literally all they say is bubs because they're not actually Wolverines; they are likely robots because that's how arcade works. Bubs, 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 bubs. It's right. So it's just. It was upsetting me the whole time I was reading it. I was interested in the concept initially with the game element and this as a new take on Murder World. Mm -hmm. But then it just seemed like one of the more fleshed out plans of Arcade and just got crazy. And and now I'm not reading all these other tie-ins for this story. So I don't know these other random human characters. I don't really care. I just don't understand how you're going to call a comic... A number one, Murder World Wolverine, and oh well, that I mean that's just Marvel Comics. That I mean, what do you mean? So every single issue of Murder World is a number one? Yeah, in the same way that every single issue of Miss Marvel's team up arc was number one. So Miss Marvel and the X Men number one, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight number one. <sighs> but he's not even. There's not even actual wolverines in it right no it's a very explicit example of a marketing technique to get people to buy things that end up not and then grumble about it afterwards (laughs) because they wasted 15 minutes of their life right but okay to give a recap sorry i cut you off i don't i think that was fine enough okay that was fine enough They're, they're weeding through the humans in this murder world Squid Game, and there's a prize at the end. But Black Widow has a secret agent inside. On the inside, and they also seem to be teaming up and finding how to break through the murder world. And Arcade's not happy. If you're following this, it's great for you. If you know anything about this more, let us know, I guess. Yeah, but we will not be reading that again. No, I don't even... Honestly, I've read the other issue or two of the Miss Marvel team up on Marvel Unlimited. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in finishing this one. No. Before we get into Midnight Suns, we do have some general questions and statements that I forgot. All right. Well, let's get to them then. Mendo Mutato said, last episode when you guys said that you were reading Life Death with X Reads, I yelled, all caps, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that episode... When that comes out, we'll let you all know, but that was a great time. Danny on Facebook was asking if because you enjoyed that or because we were doing that, if you had ever read the Weapon X story, which is also by Barry Windsor Smith. He's the artist on Life Death. Oh, no, I haven't. So that's the, it was 
a really weird format of publishing. It was these small bits of story in Marvel Comics Presents, but I have it collected in a trade because obviously. Obviously. Classic Wolverine moment. This is when he's getting the tests on him about the adamantium getting put into a skeleton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe one day I shall read it. Maybe. Snoopy 747777 says, Not a dud in the deck. All killer, no filler. 100% agreed, Snoopy, if, as long as we're counting from here on out and yeah. not Murder World Wolverine. As long as your deck is the same as our modified deck. Yeah. I, I think they were talking about the Kirk Cohen books. Probably. But, hey, I'd even extend it to Midnight Suns and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Wilder Moves said, why are you so cute? Hey, hey. That's me, and that was uh, oh, that was not supposed to be shared on the podcast. I don't know. Why do you think I'm so cute? I don't know because I love you, and I was just trying to make you smile it during did. the day. And now you're uncomfortable, and your face is red, and I love it. Stop it. <laughs> Leaving it in. Going in my hood. See you later. Are you ready to talk about Midnight Suns, the end of your fun little arc? I sure I sure am and honestly this is the thing <laughs> with Midnight Suns there's a particular page in here that I think just pretty much sums up my entire feeling about it but we'll kind of give a, a our high level summary and then I'll go back to that one page so we've got our team that's trapped in you know this other dimension they've been placed there by Clea and then we've got Agatha and Zoe but also apparently Nico, but an alternate version of Nico. So we're essentially dealing with some time travel and some alternate timeline situation where the premonition has to happen in order for the Midnight Suns to make their way out of the dimension and take down our villain, who is Karina, who is now this demon lady. And they are successful, and they still get to wear their awesome outfits outside of the dark dimension which i'm super into and we think in this chaos that agatha is not gonna make it she died and she dies but guess what she's not dead and she comes back because she's absorbed all of this other witch's power and now she's young and sassy and she is the woman on the cover yeah she is the woman on the cover and um the Midnight Suns, they end up in this really cool castle-looking place, and Magic kind of makes an offhanded comment about how this could be a really cool base yeah. for a team. Yeah. And then guess what? It's left with maybe this is a team, and maybe this isn't the end of the Midnight Suns. Because there's a threat still brewing in the background, as Karina is not actually dead as the team assumes. Correct, correct. Uh, this was, I loved the, and maybe you'll point this out, but... Why Wolverine? He's not really magical related. And even he is just frustrated. I hate all this magic stuff. I do love that. But I do like the answer for why Wolverine, which is the rage, the, the chaos. chaos. Like yeah. he's pure chaos and you need that. So the panel that I think really sums up this entire book is it's a full page spread. It's the second panel in the spread. And Blade says, someone want to explain to me how we made it back here? Not that I'm complaining, but I thought we were trapped in Valtor's realm. Magic says, it's quite simple, really. Zoe's vision created a branch in the timeline for us in which we reacted by teaming up. Once Koshala made connection with the others, 
the deader version of herself, she could use her ride the spirit power to open the rift between these realities and brought us along with her. And then Wolverine follows it up by saying, simple, first magic, and now alternate timelines. This crap is giving me a headache that not even a healing factor can fix. And I thought that was a perfect way to just, because I literally was reading it and I was like, okay, I love this, but this is kind of confusing and like a little bit crazy what's going on. And then the fact that they just call it straight right. out They call in it the bananas comic, and say, no, this doesn't really make then sense. Then I was like, and I love it again. Put a cap on it. But I, I mean, I really enjoy Midnight Suns. I think it's a fun team. I have really enjoyed the art. And if there are more issues, I would be happy to read them. Yeah. I think, honestly, Warline asked a question about, we just spent five issues doing weird stuff to de-age Agatha Harkness. Why didn't we just ask Ant-Man for his time gun, which de-ages people in a second? I think this was also to build hype around the game. The fact that it came out around the same time as the game of the same title with a very similar cast and the fact that it seems like this is going to continue to be a property in Marvel because I do believe Midnight Suns in some capacity is building in the MCU. Yeah, that's dope. Um, I would love that. Let's get my magic, baby. Let's go. But I think three things. Yes, D.H. Agatha. Uh... Well, I guess four things. Yes, tie into the video game. Also, just to establish this team as a team, yep. right? And then I think it's interesting to learn more about Zoe and this coven of witches because Agatha straight up says like, oh, well, I really only came to the school, the Strange Academy, to start a new coven. Right. So now we're kind of branching off into that direction. So I think it sets up a bunch of fun jumping off points and it really or jumping on points i don't know what the right way to say it is sure but and it's fun it was a fun book i liked it a lot and i'm still interested in what's going to happen with nico how she gonna get her power back i feel like it is an extension of strange academy mm-hmm. much more so than any relation to krakoa it, it includes two title hopping mutants but that's really the limit of any kind of krakoan connection and it does a great job at taking Strange Academy, which the title proper is seemingly on pause or done as we have Strange Academy finals and this happening concurrently. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of fleshes out that world. I also heard that they were developing a show for Strange Academy. A show? Yeah. A Disney Plus show. Oh, my God. With Wong and, if, and America. And if magic is in it, then does that mean magic is in the MCU? Probably. Oh, my God. I don't think it will follow Strange Academy in the comic just because it's so fresh. I think it's more of like a concept. It's interesting because they've said repeatedly, we're not going to mine the comics too soon, but I feel like it's perfect time. Yeah. I think it was rumors, so I don't have any confirmation of it, but. Rumors got to start somewhere. Yeah. But you like this overall as a, yes, as a title? Yes, I did. I really do. I, I enjoyed the magic of it all, both kinds, with a C and with a K. And um, I yeah, I think it's a cool, fun book. And I was actually really happy to see that the theme of books that I really like, potentially not ending, yeah, yeah. was going strong. Carried through. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this issue of Midnight Suns, was written by Ethan Sachs with art by Luigi Zagaria and Alberto Foce. 
colorist Antonio Fabella, and letters by that VC's Joe Sabino. Oh, you mean Joe Sabino? VC. You mean regular man Joe? No. Joe he- America? Joe America, with David Nakayama on the cover. Are you ready for Amazing Spider-Man? Ah. Are you ready for Wreck Rap to tear it up? Dark Web Amazing Spider-Man number 18. Well, well, it was something. What is this character on the cover? Is that the is that Gorpion? Maybe. One of the Insidious Six. I don't know what else it would be. Are we going high level on this baby or are we getting a page turn noise? A mix of the two. I'd say we'd do just as high level as we just did Midnight Suns. That's fine. All right, ready. Mini page turn noise. Honorable mention for Midnight Suns. <laughs> okay. What I felt about this issue was that it was it was really just a bridge. To get us from Dark Web X-Men to Dark Web Dawn or whatever the ending Dusk, is called. Yeah. Dusk, yeah. To, to bring everything that the X-Men and Maddie have been working on in their mini and tie that to the failed attempts of Chasm in Amazing Spider-Man. And we'll see how Venom plays into this because he's got the last tie-in before Dusk comes out. They both come out next week. Yes. And I mean, we did get some hardcore rec rap action. Do you think he's going to continue? It seems he like seems he's like he's in it to win it. over Right. Here. I don't think you put that much effort into creating a character like this to then just eliminate him. He could just be like, all right, I'm going to go back to limbo and be the weird limbo version of Peter. Maybe. In the end. But he does step up to try to help Peter fight the insidious six. And <laughs> Maddie... Here's the thing. So Maddie goes to Ben and she's like, listen, Jean just gave me what I wanted and therefore we no longer need to play this game. And I did think it was kind of odd that she wasn't like, let's see if there's a way for you to easily get what you want. It is kind of messed up that she was just like, I got what I wanted. I'm good. That's it. Go home. This is my team. Yeah. And Ben is understandably a little upset. upset about that. Same with Hollow's Eve. They're like, hey, you brought us in. You said this was us against the world. And now you got what you wanted and what we want doesn't matter. So Ben kind of storms off angrily. Hollow's Eve sticks around. And my only qualm with this book is that it was far too easy for her to throw on a Frankenstein mask, grab the sickle of sorrow, and push Maddie off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, something can be said about the unexpected nature of this attack from Hollow's Eve because Maddie has really brought her in and they've mm-hmm. had somewhat of a relationship. So she has her guard down. She's trusting Hollow's Eve. But Vaderino made me laugh out loud with the not wild about this issue. I call shenanigans on Maddie being hurled off a cliff. All that was missing was the goofy noise. Yahoo! <laughs> I just, I laughed so hard. I thought that was ridiculous. It's so true. Because it is. I mean, Hollow's Eve just kind of comes up and, and we know Maddie didn't die from that. Right. Right. So she's going to come back for the finale. She's going to be involved somehow. There's going to be some problems for everyone as King Chasm has the Scythe of Sorrows. And I think that's really cool looking and, a, you know, okay, uh, for those that were holding out for a, a Ben Riley redemption, I don't know. You know what I felt when I was reading this? Vindication. Because my prediction was that Ben was going to be like, nah, I love being a villain. I'm going to go hard into being a villain. It's almost like it's not that he loves being a villain, though. It's just he's still on the quest for his goal. 
Yes, you're right. He is. But he also, you know, when Maddie was like, listen, I just talked to Jean and she gave me what I wanted. Or essentially Jean just talked to her. And he seems very disinterested in the potential of even talking to Peter. He's like, no, he's going to crack soon if I just keep torturing him. Well, and then he even says, though, he says he's going to keep torturing them because he thinks he's right there. But I might just beg him because he's desperate. This is before the the scythe gets given to him and then he gets jacked up on powers yep and then you know he's got crazy demon wings and his own version of a demon crown and and the team kind of thinks or peter and jonah think they're on their way out of limbo and surprise something else is on its way out of limbo as chasm summons this limbo tower through the ground into central park bringing limbo into our world we end with our team up which is peter (laughs) jonah the other guy whose name i can't remember robbie robertson yep there he is we've got our new friend rec rack yep and the x-men team with maddie the web whipping wall prancer but just please ignore him done i love cyclops he's not having it yeah he's like who is this guy but we've got the team the team is here the team is ready also this like random dude with glasses in the background that is not named and we don't know who and it also is. why is magic not in this image she's probably around there somewhere sync is like cut off in the background yeah but we'll see what happens as dark web comes to a close i thought this was an interesting all right so the, like we said this pushed the things where they needed to be to then tie it up, mm-hmm. right? It And to have something that was, if you consider Amazing Spider-Man to be the Spider-Man tie-in to Dark Web, which it essentially is, even though it happens in the main Spider-Man book, mm-hmm. that's what we've got. We've, we've wrapped up that story and we've escalated things for the finale. Right, and I... I enjoyed this issue. I thought it still had the, the fun, ridiculous yes. dialogue. And I Rec thought, rap is you know, all of the the taking of Ben to his next level of villainy, I thought was great. And the tower was cool. And I like to see where it's all going. But it felt, and maybe it's just the timing of when it came out, but it just felt very much like, what is the purpose of this issue? The purpose of this issue is to bring them wrap, together and wrap up that story, package up the it stakes. up nice, nice. And I mean, it did that. So, yeah, that's all you can ask for. We got two left Venom number 16 and Dark Web finale. Hey, this issue of The Amazing Spider Man Dark Web was written by Zeb Wells, art by Ed McGuinness, inks by Cliff Rathburn, colors by Marcio Menez and Eric Arseniega, and letters Joe Caramagna. VCs Joe Caramagna. The cover team John Romita Jr., Scott Hanna, and Romulo Farhardo Jr. Warline said basically what you were hinting towards and what we've been saying for a while the last couple of weeks that how can Gene not do this for Ben and Peter? Mm-hmm. We have two Omega telepaths in Dark Web and they don't want to throw Peter's memories into Ben's mind or even probe Ben's mind and fix it. Like there's no seemingly no compassion or no attempt to have a conversation with him. It's just, no, I'm done with what I wanted to do. So you're done too. The arc is over. The story's done, Ben. Sorry, not sorry. It's rough. It's rough for Ben. It's true. On to Sabretooth and the Exiles. The first of our three Krakoans. Mm Mm-hmm. A little trippy cover. 
Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's the red and white checkered gives me like Italian pizzeria vibes. Hey, the pizzeria. Welcome to Sabertooth's Pizzeria. Like imagine these two are on a date at a pizzeria <laughs> and then they got crazy. Yeah. But that's not what's happening that's here. That's not at what's all. happening. They're losing their minds in the astral plane. Yeah, they are. Let's dig in, shall we? Page turn noise. Ready for some astral plane adventures. Third Eye saved everyone by bringing their minds into the astral plane. There's a, a power source, a pole. They're trying to fix the armor within this area. And, and nobody seems to be handling this trip very well. Well, I do appreciate these first few pages kind of being this explanation of how exactly it is that the astral plane works and how we could try to fix something within the astral plane. Because right. if you're not really clear on it, it can be kind of confusing. And so I like coming at it from the perspective of we're entering the astral plane for the first time, even though if we've been reading Krakoa books, we're not because of the altar. But just kind of giving you a fresh perspective on how it all works and why it is that we're here. What Because we had questioned this when we talked about the last issue. Does that stop the explosion from happening? Does that save their lives? But it seems like Orphan Maker didn't fully take his mask off. There's where some energy we, emanating from his mask while right. they're trying to fix it inside. But we, I think I was under the impression that he took it off and this was somehow going to stop them from exploding. No. But we're sort of in the in-between moment of that happening. It's almost, it reminds me of Somnus, mm -hmm. right? We have left and we've gone into his dreamscape and maybe, but there's no slowing down of time. There's just, we have the ability to do some other things not tied to our physical bodies. Yes, and there's a there's a physical structure of sorts within the astral plane, which is odd. Station three, so one of Orcus's prisons or stations, whatever you want to call it. But this is something that somehow they've been building within. And I think it's really interesting that as they step into the station, they, they yeah. become like tangible again. Right. This was the secret that Third Eye had seen within dr barrington's mind i love this page to see the full thing the the pain within this i don't know alien psychic being whatever it is the fact that that is how this station is anchored into that being's chest cavity yeah it's pretty crazy and the whole team does the head turn as barrington's bodyguard or her creation appears as well they were accidentally pulled into the astral plane we took everybody with us right to a title page. Out of Body Experience. Station 3. Written by Victor Laval. Art by Leonard Kirk. Colors Rain Barreto. Letters Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. That cover Ryan Stegman, J.P. Meyer, and Frank Martin with the team. Mm -hmm. This feeble attempt at self-deception only makes the truth harder when you're forced to meet it. Algernon Blackwood who is a prolific ghost writer or ghost story writer. Oh, interesting. Writing stories about ghosts and haunted and astral. That's Kind of cool. interesting, right? Yeah, and this, the deception of what's real and what's not. Kind of an interesting poll. You know what's one thing that we thought was real that's not? Dr. Barrington being dead. Right, no, she's just all cut up and gross looking. Yeah, <laughs> but Orcus Which, is done with her. Orcus, Get or sp specifically the general contractor, GC, who... 
there's a there's a clue as to who they could be. I thought I even said it a couple issues ago that the GC was a little on the nose for it to be this person, but we'll get there when we get there. Oh my, something perhaps I did not pick up on. We got a prison, a regular prison, not on the astral plane. So basically we got a prison inside a prison, right? Because they're on the astral plane and there's a prison inside the astral plane, but we're in this other prison facility. And these are the the pens that we've explored previously with the fodder that, as, as terrible it is to refer to these people as, what... Barrington has been experimenting on the the science that she's been sacrificing themselves for and up until this point their powers weren't working the Barrington coil was doing its work somehow the coil's been turned off right Hurd and Bab are starting to feel something different feel whole again as Orphan Maker flips out with his out-of-body panic in the astral plane thankfully Hardcore wakes up in a place he doesn't know and is very unhappy. Yeah. Thankfully, Johnny Storm is there to save the day. <laughs> well, how did you? How are you here, Johnny Storm? I just, I loved that it was just like, you know what? You want me to be Johnny Storm? I'm I can do be this. be Johnny Storm. Right. G- kudos to Melter for seeing that as an opportunity and going with it and just playing with that. I love the, the fact that they bond over Dr. Doom's clanky suit. Mm-hmm. The fact that Orphan Maker is always wearing a metal suit. Like that's why he thinks that that's so hilarious right. because, oh, this other guy, he probably idolizes Dr. Doom. Right, probably, because, I mean, have you seen Dr. Doom's style? Why would you not? Exactly. Let's split off into a hunting party as Sabretooth and Toad check back in on this House of X callback. They got some unresolved issues here. Right? This is what happened in those first few issues of the Krakoan era as Sabretooth, Mystique, and Toad were on that mission and Sabretooth was slow and got caught. And that's how Toad lays it down. He's basically, it's like, your fault, not mine. You're the whole reason there's a pit. The the pit is doing wonders for Toad's confidence. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is talking back to Sabretooth like this. And each of them gets a weird upgrade in the astral plane. As we see this art page of Toad's tongue in all of these different forks surrounding Sabretooth. Yuck. Yeah. But then even Sabretooth is able to beast mode and fight back, slashed through. But chill, 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 boys, because something, something's up. We got to take a look at this body floating in this crazy glob of eyes and teeth. Yeah. And we got to sort this out. But neither of the guys want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. They're out. They got to go. No, I don't want to do this. I know we just called attention to this guy who is seemingly alive, but very scary looking with his red eyes. And Oya is not happy. Oh, thanks a lot. I guess I'll have to handle this myself. As we find our prisoners in the middle of a jailbreak. Bab's power, an interesting teleportation, almost like Nightcrawler mixed with Manifold. Mm. Where she's able to direct the portal that she opens within herself. And it also reminds me of the Draco there's a, a couple of, I think his name was Abyss, that opened a portal in his stomach and you could travel through. Oh. I wonder if she was a part of this family. Is she one of that red jerk's name? What is his name? Azazel. Is she another oh. one of Azazel's children? Oh, maybe. maybe. Who knows? That red jerk. What is his name? As they free the 
quote unquote mutant livestock that Dr. Barrington is coming back to save her fit, not save, but like mm -hmm. save for herself. Look at her face. Yeah, it is so torn up. It's rough. It's rough looking for her. And I she's not happy to uh, see everybody free. See everybody out of their cages. Ah, crap. I, I'm saving it for more experiment. Oh, dang it. It seems like the team is successfully creating new armor for Orphan Maker, but this creation is feeling a pull, a call from her creator. Which interesting. And she's got to go. To look at Orphan Maker in that image, and especially the right leg, there's nothing in it. That's not Orphan Maker. They're building him a new they're suit. Uh, so that's they're building an entirely new suit. Yes. Which let's talk about the logistics of building something physically in the astral plane and then somehow transporting that back. Like, is his consciousness going to be in this and then they come back with it? I don't I understand. I think that that's got to be what they're doing because you can't take him out of his suit to put him in a new suit. Something else happens. We don't know what it is. This is why we have to build it in the astral plane and why we have to build it in this space where things can be actually tangible because otherwise we wouldn't be able to put him inside the suit. I don't know the logistics, but we're giving Nanny some props on being, you know, smart as well as a great mother. Yeah. As we catch back up with the revolt in the pen... The mutants are uprising. Hey, you know, violence comes naturally for you people. You people and violence, you've been experimenting on us for all of this time and you're going to get mad to egg us into some combat? Yeah. I was doing it for science. I was doing it for us. We all made sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Truly, truly a terrible villain, especially where she ends up going after this. Mm -hmm. But our data page, a memo to Philong from GC. You know, you can basically do anything to people that the world ignores, which I think is an interesting continuation of the story from Sabretooth, mm. right? The forgotten mutants, the people that they could do stuff under the radar because they weren't the ones that Charles was paying attention to. Yeah. The island was paying attention to. The people like Mole and everybody else that he gathered to do this groundswell campaign of freeing the people from within the pit. Well, I also think there's a lot of really important stuff in this book because the writer does a great job in both series of really pointing out societal real world right. parallels to what's going on. Like yeah. the fact that native people are being given doctors who the powers that be know are messed up doctors, not great doctors, but well, we got to give you some doctors. So we're going to give you these ones that probably will diagnose you wrong or, you know, choose to watch you suffer for their own benefit. So from quote unquote medical research and all of this is really, it's really insane, honestly. Yeah. But also really important to kind of bring these ideas to the forefront because if you see this and you can really connect how horrible that is. Right, right. This gives it something that, all right, that makes sense and if you didn't read it here or in school, which you don't because they you don't, don't teach you this right, stuff. Right, exactly. You wouldn't know that, no, that actually happened. Right. Things like this actually happen. And it's signed GC. And shout out to Warline for pointing this out, the 299. So GC, I initially thought a couple issues ago that that was too on the nose to say that Graydon Creed was the general contractor. Mm -hmm. It's too close, right? It makes... Right, because you're like GC, General Contractor, Graydon Creed. Right. But then also the fact that Graydon is Sabretooth's son, mm -hmm. hates mutants, 
and everything they do. So would totally be involved in something like this. Yes. And the number 299, Graydon Creed first appeared in Uncanny X-Men 299. Oh, snap. Look at you. That was Warline. Look you at pointed you, that out. Warline. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> I don't think so either. It, I was surprised. But that also takes him off the, the list for Peacock Man. Oh, unless... Unless they're the same thing. They're the same person. I don't think they would do that. They're going to make... They got to make different... They're building up all these terrible humans. I know, but to think that the Peacock Man is outsourcing for Orcus is not that crazy to me. I just... Why would you name them a separate thing? Oh, you mean General Contractor versus Peacock Man? I just feel like if you're going to do that, then what's the reveal? that Oh, it's the Peacock Man, but we still don't know who that is. Well, the ship's going down. The base, at least. Conveniently above a volcano. And the one ring to burn us all <laughs> will fall into the lava below. As the creation skates away with Dr. Barrington and heads to station four, the babies. The babies. Like, what? When you thought she couldn't get any worse. No, I, I need to experiment on younger mutants so that they can't build up resistance to my influence okay so here's the question are these the babies that have gone missing from krakoa are these different babies could be different babies i don't know because that is potentially another tie to the peacock man very true because that that baby boy x Mm -hmm. i assume that these are different babies i mean there's babies stolen left and right We're always stealing babies. Always stealing babies. Cable had stolen babies. Mm -hmm. X-Force had stolen babies. There's just babies. There's a bunch of mutant children that apparently are ripe for the taking. They're getting taken. Especially if you're an evil mutant scientist or anti-mutant scientist. Necra's not happy, though. But I do like the distinction of Herd's power. Mm. The fact that it's telepathic suggestion to a group that okay i can influence people but only if they actually want to do what i'm right. saying only if they would have the potential to actually want to make this choice right which is kind of a, a cool limitation on telepathy yeah try that on for size charles xavier oh come on <laughs> necro's upset you left oya where yeah, you just abandoned her in the creepy tunnel we gotta go back let's go you're coming with me well don't worry here she is. She has saved this guy from this thing. He told me his name before he died. His name was Victor Creed. So do they not know that Sabretooth's name is Victor Creed? I, they have to. Well, she's very calm about it. I mean, if you're an X-Man, you know multiple <laughs> realities exist. You know... Clones, clones exist. Clones exist. You know, the, the, their threshold for surprise is very different from ours. That's true. Because I said, huh? Yeah. What? Well, even the the next saber tooths and the exiles. Plural. That's, that's some funky business going on here. The next two covers multiple saber tooths. So I don't know if it's a creation of Orcus, if it's them traveling to multiple dimensions, if it's them cracking resurrection somehow and using the dna of the stolen mutants that they have to create new things new people does every station have a saber tooth maybe is saber tooth the missing link maybe 
Orcus's missing link. You think about the importance that Deadpool had because of his healing factor in the story Deadpool with the Carnage symbiote, right? Mm -hmm. What a healing factor could actually give to you if you're trying to do some muckety-muck science. Yeah. And if it is Graydon Creed, then he potentially could have some kind of link or access sure. to his father's DNA. Right. Oh, Nelly. You could somehow isolate that within him and get rid of all the mystique parts. I was like really enjoying this issue. And then we got to that part and I was like, wait, what is happening? Like just took it to the next level. I feel like that's the point of a last page reveal, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like that I, I really like this. I thought it was solid. Everybody gelling together, the team actually working as a team, which yes. has otherwise not really been just an assemblage of characters. You have the furthering of our villains, but it felt a little bit more like a, a stasis and exploration issue. We didn't really go anywhere new. We had already set up that we were going in the astral plane at the end of last issue. We'd already been on the prison for the last couple of issues or prisons. Mm-hmm. And then now, bomb drop at the end. Oh, hey, Victor Creed times two, electric boogaloo. That's bananas. That's what I got to say. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. But you liked it? I did very much. Do you agree with the order of books with these three? Yes. Which, I think so. Which I feel like is it's hard to say when you have three that are so solid like these right. three. We didn't have any questions other than Warline's point of the 299. I cannot appreciate Warline's attention to detail. It's true. Eric Huffman was actually lost at first in Sabretooth and the Exiles, had to go back and reread. All of a sudden, they're in the astral plane. And that was a detail at the end of Mm. last issue where because of the power emanating from Orphan Maker's face and his cracked containment suit, Third Eye did this Hail Mary of, I'm going to take you all and, and try to figure it out someplace else. Eric also said, cool development of Third Eye's power, though, going into the astral plane. Hope to see more of this for others. Yes. Yeah, I like the development of these characters and kind of digging deeper into who they are and what their powers are. Well, especially the new characters that were added, even just in that issue, Herd and Bab. Yeah. And to think that, okay, there are so many mutants, but let's see some more, especially (laughs) if they've got unique powers and can do some new things. That means it's time to talk about exterminators the end question mark number five we got a dope cover i'll tell you that some badass ladies out for vengeance i like it i like it let's dig in page turn noise well child this dibs from dracula basically just catching us up on the last couple pages of last issue but dazzler's got Maybe not a plan, but a thirst An for agenda. vengeance. Yeah. I love the difference between persecute and prosecute. Yeah. Like, ah, no, we don't mean the thing that you're trying to give us leeway for. Nope, we mean persecute. As we tie together our loose ends from other worlds, is this what brings Betsy and Rachel back to Otherworld for Captain Britain? Is that they're traveling with this group of otherworldian maybe creatures but i do love this little image of them their backs with betsy with her arm around rachel Mm -hmm. well it's also good to just know how leah and teeny are such good friends Mm -hmm. so they're in constant communication about where plots are going or what's going on and i feel like that's a a cool synergy between Mm x-men with the vampire story last issue 
this now and then Captain Britain with these two characters appearing. And then who else knows with a, another certain character later on? Mm-hmm. Dazzler's going to get ready, though. The Everybody's going to get ready, okay? Boom Boom's going to gather supplies. Jubilee's going to get on a new outfit. Dazzler's going to get full Dazzler mode. Well, yeah, and Jubilee has to recruit our mystery guest. Mm-hmm. Are you in? Depends what's in it for me, as Laura is carrying a little baby carriage in the background. Something that is revealed later on. I just love Boom Boom and her overalls gathering supplies. I just love how much Carlos Lopez and Leah Williams love Dazzler's butt. Well, Dazzler's got a nice butt. That that was literally in the pitch <laughs> from Leah Williams that you hear. is just like, we give Dazzler a dump truck ass and that's the story. That's the story. We just follow that because what vampire wouldn't want that? It's true. We got a data page of a silly little group text. This was hilarious and ridiculous. Sparkles, booms, and hearts. Laura Kinney has left the conversation. You got games on your phone. <laughs> what? I don't even know. This is just ridiculous. Which takes us to a title page. Time to pay the piper. The book is ending, sad face. Written by Leah Williams, art by Carlos Gomez, colors Brian Valenza, letters Travis Lanham, letters and production VCs, Travis Lanham. VCs, Travis Lanham. Federico Vincentini and Matt Miller on that cover. Miller, no villa. Another Stormbreaker, Federico. Back to the bar as we clear out even your bartender lackeys. I love that Alex thought that he could just take his little collection of women out of his original place and just bring it to this bar and everything would be fine. And Dazzler is like, no, sir, I bought this bar. Joke's on you. Get out. We're about to destroy this. Yeah. And that delicate placement of the roller skates. There's nothing the legs. delicate about it. That is a crotch <laughs> crunch right there. And I'm happy to see it because this guy's a jerk. Everyone can agree. You know, you don't you don't endow a character with a pee fetish to then try to redeem him in the next two issues. No, this guy's a jerk and he deserves what's coming to him. It's true, he does. Now, while we're smashing up this place, we need to make sure that your old pal, the collector, can't come for you, so we're gonna send Laura to smash up his face. Right, because Alex is trying to call the collector as we go through the logistics of buying the bar. It seems like it's all been set up as a shell game from Alex. The fact that some dead person somehow opened up under another name, like maybe they weren't dead, maybe they were a vampire, and then they were killed. And then Dazzler was like, but uh, I exposed you and I bought the bar, so. The art of these women destroying everything is so chaotic it. and fun. And they're so happy to do it. And they're in their superhero outfits. It's just so funny. But yeah, then we get two solid pages of just all out action between Laura and the collector. Look at that split kick. Twice she's got that split kick. Back to back. And you know, it's a little, you know, Laura's kicking butt. And then we've got, oh, well, just in case you forgot, I'm not actually a regular dude. Yeah. right. I'm and uh, I can change form. Kind of huge and terrifying. Alex thinks, maybe I can get away. Not so fast. I like the cuts back and forth between these two fights. You know, just nonstop, action-packed goodness. Yeah. 
right? Even just the, the no dialogue on this Dazzler page where he somehow wanders into this warehouse. I wonder, is this, well, a couple questions. Like the fact that he wanders into what I guess was, or it could be a Dazzler concert venue and everything lights up the boo behind him is so creepy mm-hmm. but i i was wondering if this was in any way connected to the x-men issue that we just had i think the note at the end that's what of I, like yeah. hey if you need any more help and now they're just freelancing for the vampire nation yeah. Yeah. yeah into that as the collector is just grandstanding in his destruction left and right ruining his base and letting free the Vampire goblins? I don't know what these guys are. I do not know either. But they are the children of Alex, and I don't want to know how. <laughs> Teleport to Lord Daddy. This vampire daddy that is Alex. Lord Daddy! My sons! Everyone swarms over Dazzler. I love this middle panel where they're all surrounded, but then she just goes off with her powers. Oh, but you can't do that to me. I got my amulet. She says, amulet, shmamulet. I'm going to blind you, fool. I'm going to blind you, and then I'm just going to kick you in the nuts the old-fashioned way. I love the art in this book so much. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. It's so intense, and there's so much action. And, and the colors, too. The yeah. way the colors pop. It's really great. We're heading back to help out our friend Laura. Hey, what's up? We're here. I'm Jubilee, and uh, I have never had the opportunity to use this full force of my power because I've never had an arena quite large enough to do it. Yeah. The Meanwhile, only... Boom Boom's winking with her, what is that, like a bazooka? Yeah, rocket launcher. The only time that we've seen it close to this display of power with Jubilee was in Excalibur when she's fighting off all the fae trying to protect her son. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say the only time, but the only time recently. <laughs> I but... also... I also love the, oh, you decided to wear your uniform again? I didn't. Well, nobody told me we were doing cute outfits. <laughs> Laura's just trying to fit in, right? It, it just feels like everybody else was off doing this without her, and she was doing something else. They didn't even know that she was going to be there. They ran into her. I also and feel like they have decided amongst themselves, like throughout this issue, they have decided that Laura's part of their she's group. She's part of the group, right. And she's slowly realizing, oh, I'm part of the group. No, this is fun. <laughs> I like having these friends. I like being a normal girl sometimes. I like when my friends can say, eat my atom bomb, eternal dork. Yeah. And then literally explode. The destruction. You wonder, oh, was Jubilee killed in that explosion? No. Thanks to their quick recruit of magic, you girl. Here's my only like confusion is this. So Dazzler was at the bar with the other girls. And then Laura Wolverine was fighting the collector. And then because of magic, who we don't see right away, Jubilee and Boom Boom get to where Laura's fight is. And mm-hmm. Jubilee explodes. So this image on the bottom of the explosion happening in the sky and Laura and Boom Boom and Dazzler all saying, what was that? That image doesn't make sense to me because Laura and Boom Boom should be with Jubilee. No. Or they teleported away before. They're teleporting before. You can see the stepping disc before the atom bomb. 
Oh, you're right. They're disappearing into that. They're going back, meeting up with Dazzler for a great vantage point of this beautiful explosion as we get the reveal that Magic was our secret recruit. I'm pretty sure in one episode we talked about Magic. You, you were like, who else would you want on the Exterminators? And I was like, Magic. Magic. And now here she is in this book. But also, if Laura was reluctant to join the group, Magic is even more so. She's like, I got X-Men things to do. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. I cannot just be your cosmic taxi. I feel also like Magic is like, guys, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf and be like a professional. And like maybe she would have normally hung out with this group. But she's like, I'm trying to be like an adult now. Yeah. The way that they sway her onto the team. Imagine being abandoned in hell, defenseless, young, alone. That's enough. I'm in. Right. They're trying to elicit her response of like, imagine being yourself as a child Mm -hmm. as she saves naked Jubilee. Well, you know, she blew all her clothes and all her hair right (laughs) off. She blew everything away. All of the little jabs from Boom Boom. You look like a naked mole rat. Who was given the super soldier serum. Sick. I love I just It's (laughs) like they've all. No, this is how we talk to each other. Yeah, it's good. You look like a cursed doll that an evil wizard animated and then irradiated. Badass. You oh look my like God. my big toe. Yes, I'm cold <laughs> on and, her sweatshirt. Yes, and magic is like, all right, on that note, I got to go. I got to go catch up with my little beastie. So cute, that little demon beastie baby. Right. Which is another thing, if you think about, so if you think about this little beast and then you think about amazing baby, you think about... That's the warwolf that is Rachel's dog pet from Sidekick X Factor. And then you think about the little dogs that were saved from Limbo. Like we've got some some ex friends teaming up and oh I'm my down God, for I'm that. So here for it. This little this little nugget is so cute. But it's time for beer. It's beer o'clock, sluts. I love it. And I love that she says, I feel gross as soon as I said that. You are all terrible influences. Right. Because this is her letting her guard down. This is her being one of the girls, being one of these ridiculous humans that, uh, you know, nice remodeled bar wall. What are you going to do with this? But let's just hang out. What are we doing tomorrow? Whatever we want. And, or is it, data page just teasing up what could be, right? This is what I thought, that they're just recruited to do more for Dracula. And then the idea of the vampire nation being an ally to Krakoa rather than the plot of trying to take over Wolverine. That's Mm -hmm. an interesting turn. Yeah, it's super cool. And honestly, the best moment of the week for me, (laughs) the exterminators will return. A solid serious statement not a question mark not a what's going to happen next there is a question mark question mark of like what is the title we don't know when but they will return and that's all that i care about right if you're marvel if you're the x office and you hear the amount of love and surprise Mm -hmm. and enjoyment that this title has received you know it's coming back you have to some way somehow you just do another five issue arc it's honestly everybody's saying fall of x xander krakoa it can't be. I don't think if so. If they're going to tease something like this and just how much they have to play with, it's going to be another arc. You know, the destiny of X will be over because that's coming to a head essentially now. Right. And maybe a little bit later, but 
This was great. What'd you think? Big picture. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I think this issue had the least sassy vulgarity, but I still loved it. I really enjoyed this book, and I'm very glad to know that there's at least some hope for the exterminators in the future. And if we can get magic on that team, yeah, I'm so down for that. You know, who knows how long she'll stay on the X-Men. Oh, or or maybe she can pull double duty. Who knows? What? Well, I'm just like thinking about how I'm just really revving up to liking magic on the X-Men. Yeah. Well, she's got other things she wants to do. She wants to hang out with some friends. Yeah, I thought this was a really solid ending that hit on all the highlights of the series. This series itself has been a joyous breath of fresh air mm-hmm. i love the character dynamics the ridiculous dialogue the outrageous action sequences and just general fun of the whole book like i already want to read it again from the start yeah we got a bunch of questions or not really questions more just praise and excitement sketchy x-men legends i don't want exterminators to end dot 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 dot, dot. and it won't it won't it's coming back they will return We've been promised, and we'll hold them to that. I'm going to just put that page right in Marvel's face and be like, hey, hey, hey. Mike's Marvel toy photography. For the first time in a long time, I actually physically LOL'd. Exterminators has been a joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I wonder which, what it was. I think maybe the Jubilee. Could have been the Jubilee. Mike loves Mariah Carey. Jubilee going full atom bomb looks like an Omega to me confirmed. Which is interesting to think. Like, I don't know, but maybe a, a full expression of her power and how that might be pushing the limits for what she has at her potential. Mm. He also said, I have a feeling this won't be the last of the exterminators. I hope not, Mike. I certainly hope not. And I hope that the exterminators will return was not a reference to that X-Men issue because I don't know what the timeline of that situation was. That's true. You know, like what if they were saying, what if this issue was intended to come out before X-Men, but then for some reason it didn't. So don't, don't you get my hopes up like that, Marvel. Don't tease me. Catatonic Abyss 420. Sad that exterminators is ending already, but what an instant classic. Loved it all. Yes, agreed. Instant classic is a great word because right. I feel like this will this will live on. This won't just be a mini that's like forgotten, you know? I just this feel is like a the mini that has an impact. The amount of people that have talked about it and enjoyed it and the amount of art that's been shared from it and mm-hmm. just ridiculousness, it's created a lot of dialogue, a lot of conversation around it. Eric Huffman said, "Great ending to Exterminators and we're let known it will be back. Loved seeing Retro Dazzler." Mm-hmm. And the Daily Ileana wants to know if we think Magic's appearance in Exterminators will lead to her being a regular member in Volume 2. Listen, I don't know for sure, but I know I want it. Yeah, I would love to see it, especially on that team. I'm enjoying her on the X-Men, but I would love to see that too. Yes. Vader Reno saying that Exterminators was a grand time. Sometimes you just want a fun ride. Books like this that let the characters breathe. I agree. Yeah, nothing. It doesn't have to be serious every single issue. Right. I mean, I do love the serious. I do love the big plots. But right. this had a plot and it just delved into it. I remember early days into the story where we're like, all right, well, so we, we kind of know they survived this and they go mm-hmm. to the council. To But even still, there were plenty of surprises, yeah. plenty of twists. And also just the fun nature of this as a story. Yeah. Even if if you're in the mindset of like, oh, I have to read this for notes or I have to read this for the podcast, it still was fun to read. It never felt like homework. Yeah. It never felt like Marauders. Oh, Marauders. 
Is it time? It is time for the sins de sinister. Sins of Sinister. Number one. Oh, I love this cover. Oh, this cover is... This cover is a classic. This cover is the cover that is a glass, stained glass window that breaks apart that we got in the animation, the trailer. Yeah, just the shards splitting, the number of characters involved. It just speaks to so much happening in this story. Are you ready? I don't think so, but yes. Here we I've go. i ready all day. Page turn noise. Hell is other people. Not Jean-Paul Sartre, Nathaniel Essex. Nathaniel Essex. Essex Alpha in the tiny type. Ooh. Ooh, we have tiny type again. <laughs> I missed it. You love that tiny type. The House of X callback to bring it all together to me, my me's. This is all sorts of joyous and ridiculous. This is a to me, my X-Men I can appreciate. Because sure. it is not just to say it for the sake of saying it, but we're making a joke about it. Yeah. And to just notice the timestamp, right? So we play in a couple of time points, the plus zero, plus one, plus five, plus 10. So this goes all the way forward. This is plus 10. Mm -hmm. This is where our first issues of the three series coming after this issue will pick up. But now we're going to go back a little But before. We got to get to that title page, A Snake in the Garden. Everything is Sinister. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Lucas Wernock, and a whole slew of special guest artists. Colors, Brian Valenza. Letters, Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Lionel Francis Yu and Jesus Arbatov on that beautiful cover. Mm -hmm. Notice the diamonds on the foreheads of yes, the characters yes. in the title page. I studied this page. I'm sure you did. And th this little... What does this say here in Krakoan? Sins of Sinister. Okay. What were you going to say? Notice what? The text is essentially a recap of his plot line throughout Immortal X-Men. Mm-hmm. Let's take it back to the end of Immortal X-Men when Sinister gets dumped in the pit and Charles Xavier appears with a diamond on his head. Sinister Xavier, but that's not all. A Sinister Council. All four of the resurrected members are sporting diamonds and plotting in secret. Dot, dot, dot. For now. Just look at the... Just look at the smugness on Emma's face. Mm, well, She's you know I love, I love it when Lucas draws my ladies. Of course, yeah. They all <laughs> look so great. Let's put on a show. Well, and they do put on a great show. Right? For I'm believing of, it. For a group of people who are all on the same team, they most certainly give the impression that they are their ordinary selves who despise each other. And we talk about, throughout the issue, this parapersonality, this Trojan horse this virus that is part of the X gene that's implanted, taking over at times. But it seems that, especially at the end, we get the insight that they were allowed a little bit more of their personality to make it a little believable mm -hmm. as he's gradually controlling the council. A little more than he would like. Yeah. And the, the thing that we're kind of voting on here, the conclusion that we're coming to is the only way to go the complete opposite of what we were doing before when Sinister was around is to open up the resurrection to all humans. Working towards total access to immortality for humans. Playing the long game. We don't need to focus on our own. We don't need to focus on Genosha. We can do our work without interference if we get them on our side. This back and forth disagreements between everyone. Again, just this was a preview page. Emma 
getting so mad at Xavier, so believably mad that you would not suspect anything. And then just as he talks her over to the other side, Exodus flipping out about it. What, What are you talking about? This practicality is all this business dealings. This is an abomination. This is against... My religion. And Hope saying, even if I say it is? All right. No, then I'm I'm definitely on board. I love Hope. Kate's a little suspicious. Because we all know now, having read the full issue, it's just these four. It's not everyone that's been resurrected ever because there is a wrinkle that we explore a little further. It's just the four that were recently resurrected. For now. For now. So everyone's agreeing. Everyone's on board. It's, it's seemingly the first time the full council votes to pass an idea. But Storm has concerns, the possibilities of it all. How do we figure it out? And even Kate is questioning. Wait, you're saying that Forge is going to play back up to Mr. Sinister and the cuckoos are going to handle all your busy work? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And this sneaky, like almost the tell that Emma gives and like oh i'm sure charles and i can change their minds like what are you guys saying no what are they're you, saying is that? i'm sure we can play a charles xavier and we can warp their minds to do exactly what we want Ugh. them to do it's, it's it's okay it's a nod to them being telepaths that's what they're saying yes and not specifically charles xavier but also because it's charles xavier sure. i shall say that plus one oh we've got the reporting team this is good this was so good. This was just a really interesting way to get out this information. We're learning everything. We're learning what's up. So <laughs> the image of Santa Claus in the top left saying X-Men. X-Mess, yeah. Oh, X-Mess. And just the fact that Santa is confirmed in universe as a mutant. Mhm. And Ben Yurick. Ben Yurick is like he's so he's writing a story on sort of exposing something fishy is going on with the DNA, you get this X gene so that you can be resurrected, but something's not right, which it makes me feel good because when you and I were talking, we were like, how is he doing this? What is he doing? And the idea is that he has been implanting and manipulating the DNA with a little bit of himself. Especially as now they, in that one year, have opened it up to humans. Hey, mm-hmm. if you get the X gene, then you become a mutant, essentially. You can add something fun in it as well, but you'll at least be able to be entered into the resu- resurrection queue. Yes, and... Ben wants to test Jonah to make sure that Jonah hasn't been infected with this thing, something that's making people off when they get injected. Ben, so Ben looks so haggard right now. Yeah, he's, he's having just, a hard time. He is not doing well. It's it's the apocalypse essentially. I gotta say, with the what's interesting for me is the slow roll of Ben, like slowly wiping his brow and taking off his hat. I totally expected this reveal to go in the other direction that Ben Yurick was actually a sinister. And then surprise Jonah, Jonah, you think your silly little gun can test me. You don't know nothing. I mean, this just speaks to the diabolical genius that is sinister, Mm -hmm. right? To put this out there to lure people who are correct but want need to be silenced by sinister and his his team of just red diamond shirts coming in (laughs) spider-man off in the distance in a diamond this was a preview page in the initial trailer whoa that is bananas i did not even notice that i don't even think it's spider-man really it's the spider nightcrawler oh wow but the fact that he's in a diamond means he's compromised. He is compromised. I'm here for Spider Crawler, so whatever. <laughs> Let's catch up with Forge. 
in his workshop as he's building this orbital space gun. This whole thing really hurt my heart. Yeah. Why? Why do we have to take down Krakoa like this? Because the way that they set it up, it makes it look like it's Orcus that does it. I know. They blame Orcus. But what benefit does it have to them to destroy Krakoa like that? The essence of Krakoa is another thing, something that they couldn't resurrect, something that could potentially have influence over the people, over the island. Mm. Now they have a completely brain dead and ability to manipulate this island that they all live on. The joy in Sinister Hope's face is just way too much as she's like, I want to be the one to push the button to destroy everything. And then... I said it last week with... Immortal X-Men, but diamonds are forever. Diamonds are for everyone. <laughs> Everyone's got a diamond on their head. And and just throughout this issue, the sadness of Krakoa being yeah, brain dead. The little sad face. It's so heartbreaking. Doug, you want to talk about heartbreaking? Doug's sadness. Listen to me. What's wrong? Oh, God, you're not there. You're Wolverine. You're dead by Wolverine so that we can resurrect you so that you can belong to us now. It's insane. The sadness and compassion in Emma's face as she delivers the news. Oh, no. Hey, everyone. Uh, Orcus did this terrible thing and all of your backups are lost. Don't worry. We've got ourselves covered with some mystic ways. Because we are the real mutants. But don't you just hate Orcus now? Don't worry. We'll take care of them. (laughs) We're going to team up with the human heroes and handle business. Nimrod and Moira. They're on the same team, but Moira knows something's up. Yeah, She's we like, got, get out of there, Nimrod. We, we got to be out of here. And hey, can I know this madness is going to go 5, 10, 100, 1,000 years into the future, but could we like write this down, whatever it is that we've concocted to destroy Nimrod? Yeah, can we can, keep that? Can someone remember this? Because, yes. We're going to implant Nimrod with a virus. He can't function. This propaganda push. For both Orcus and now the X-Gene. So just the conversation that Cap and Cyclops are having. You think Cyclops is a sinister at this moment? Absolutely. 100%. The number of times that he dies because of missions. Mm -hmm. I do love this team up between Storm and Thor, both of which are uncompromised. So the, the propaganda of it all, the fact that, well, people were confused by Orcus. They thought they were actually doing something good, but really they were the bad guys. Now everyone will see... Mutants are saving everyone. Everybody loves the mutants because of what they're doing for humans. You know what would be a really great push? Captain America. Why don't, why don't you, get, you become a mutant? Get one of those X-Genes. Make yourself all sinister face. <laughs> We're in this together. Guess who's coming out of the pit? Ta-da. He's back. But we're not going to tell everybody quite yet. Right. Just imagine coming back or, or never having really left because of all of his implanted personas in other people but hey status update chief krakoa's dead earth has been compromised and we have complete anonymity no one knows that you slash we are doing it all in the shadows mm-hmm. the teleportation on command that he does to get out of there mm-hmm. we i don't think we've seen that i always just thought that it was a gate in some specific location but it seems as though it's a part of an ability that he has to summon these diamonds and teleport to his lair his lair in the basement of muir island which Which is is just bananas a slap in the face to moira mctaggart which good because she deserves it (laughs) 
a dance along her human lives. Oh, and poor, poor the original Psycat and Professor Plod. They they didn't survive. They got awfully decayed for one year of time. Right. One was it one or five? Yeah, this I think is, we're only one. Yeah, we're still just in one. But we're gonna create new ones. We're gonna get a status report, and we're gonna oh. learn about the original plan that Sinister had. It's all it's all just getting the data. Enjoying the victory, gloating, and acknowledging this wrinkle, right? So the the data page goes through his big plot plan, the thing that we've been dancing around this entire title of Immortal X-Men, the Moira machine, the goal of his to achieve dominion status, hyper artificial intelligence, the threat of AI and thinking machines from Mystique's Immortal X-Men issue, the fact that he specifically calls out that Charles and the the woman that creates the abilities for machines to think, like that's always been his worry. Mm-hmm. Even, even before he was Mr. Sinister, when he was Nathaniel Essex, the geneticist, before he had divided himself into four personalities, this was always his goal, his threat, his worry. And so now all you have to do is plan, iterate, succeed, and then gloat. But something about hope was stopping stopping this from happening. So essentially, he's planting this gene in all of the DNA. From the start. From the start, which is cool because we kind of talked about that, thought about, theorized that that could be what was going on. But something about hope was like basically canceling all his work out right something she was doing she's able to notice flaws in things and make them better someone actually points this out in the comments just how she doesn't just mimic powers she improves upon them she synergizes them so in order for him to have a successful plan he needed to kill hope so that he could resurrect her in the right way right but you can't just you can't kill hope. Just kill hope. That's suspicious. You got to go out in a grand ten tries way, which is great to just give context to Immortal X Men number nine and the plan that he was trying to do that whole time. No, I can't just kill hope. I need a full sway of the council. And if I'm gonna choose some council members that I can puppet, I'm gonna say Xavier, Emma. Exodus and Hope seem to be a pretty great group. It's all the telepaths Mm -hmm. plus Hope. Now for my five-year mess around plan. (laughs) Interesting, just the first check-in is 10 and then 100, but all the time that we're in now is setting that up. I just feel like that makes the scope of this event so great and so interesting that we're playing with such a grand scale of time but really spending this hefty issue setting up those threads to then play out. Yeah, that's what I really liked about this issue is I felt like I got a lot of information in a way that wasn't overwhelming and didn't like make my brain feel like it was going to explode, but I feel really ready. And I think because each iteration of the future, each little time nugget is only three issues, mm-hmm. the way that the story is written and the way it's being told, it's it's a nice wash over of that time but we're still getting detail you know like we're still we're getting like a glorified summary kind of right right i almost wish there were one shots in between or like another another one of these halfway through i think this is what's going to make this event successful is that it's not overkill it's Uh, just giving you the juicy goodness 
Give me more. I already want more. I'm already worried that it's going to end too soon. As we go into his bigger plan, his essentially plan to take over the entire Marvel Universe, <laughs> as we get these one-shot pages with our guest artists listed at the co- on the cover, each page done by a different artist. The first being Thanos using Juggernaut mixed with Micromax, Domino <laughs> multiplied by Hope to shoot Kane through Thanos's brain, splattering it across billions of years. Crazy. Ridiculous. And then to just be like, okay, bye, Juggernaut. <laughs> see you when we see ya. Sorry. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> bye, buddy. The Doom and Namor. Oh. Mm-hmm. Unaware of Prince Namor's corruption, Doom tries to ally with Namor. But no, something happened with him and Emma where he let his guard down while letting his little fishy trousers down. Yikes. Oh, Emma, Emma. I love the detail of the fact that there is a rogue Doombot likely teaming up with Orcus. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Doom himself is just a shade of who he was, but intentionally spouts anti-mutant rhetoric because that's part of the plan right it's all part of the plan still gonna maintain appearances this is the first artist that i recognized on site oh really yeah this is the wolverine artist this is juan jose reap nice on the krako and iraqi versus eternal war oh yes how excited were you by this page we've got the whole fisher family up in here the whole fisher family taking it all down Again, the the multiple times that propaganda and message and manipulation is throughout this entire That's Sinister's whole bag, baby. I just feel like that's a really interesting point to call out how frequently it's done as an influence of people's ability to discern the truth. Mm-hmm. Another one of those real world moments just slapping you in the face. Right. Uranus's lonely happiness as he kills the entire eternal family. And then goes away to be locked in jail, sad and alone forever. Oh, well. Oh, well. How do you take down the smartest man in the universe? Well, you take down one of his best friends and then... Allow him to take you down by turning you into himself. Sorry. Basically, the thing is going to become a regular guy again. And then he's going to turn all the Fantastic Four death by turning into the thing. Yeah. Crazy. The Avengers already taken over. You can see it on Captain America's face. You can see the the graying of Sinister. Mm -hmm. So they've already been implanted. It's one of the reasons why Thor has left them. But Are you thinking Thor is going to team up with Storm and the Brotherhood? I think so. The fact that we see Thor on a cover of, I think it's Nightcrawlers. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got to be. He's left off the table for that exact reason. Somebody's got to take this whole craziness down. Yeah. So they take the Avengers down publicly because the X-Men need to be the heroes, even though he's already controlling the Avengers. You could just do it with everybody. But that's what he has to say. He has to say, okay, team, we got to stage this fight like we're fighting each other, but we're not because we're all on the same team. We got to make it look like the X-Men win because that's the plan. Storm's got questions. We get to plus five years. So this is plus five from Sinister going into the pit at the end of Immortal X-Men 10. Mm-hmm. 
This time around, I'm really clear on following the years. It's Great. like a whole new person. It's not House of X, Powers of Ten, Alicia. Well, it is very, like it's it's vast, but it's very deliberate right. on where it jumps and That's how what it I jumps. I love about it. Yeah. And I feel like that those broad strokes really help. And then the fact that we're then going to pause at 10, it's so crazy that we get all these checkpoints. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh man, there if there was a... The, the amount of time from year 10 and year 100, that's insane. You're going to lose 90 years and not just any kind of like, okay, and this has happened, this has happened. I guess we don't need it and we'll just learn it from the three issues. But I just feel like that's a lot of story potential. Yeah, but that's what makes it a palatable event versus something that feels like it drags on. With a know? bunch of crossovers and, and tie-ins, yeah. Yeah. We are all in darkness I am upset. Also, who is this? That's it's not not my friend Kurt. It's not Kurt. He's just smiling. He's like, I don't have horns anymore. I like it. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's not Kurt. This guy over here, this is Kurt. And we're not really sure what's going on with him. Oh, the grand entrance with the Nightcrawler that we've seen kind of take shape and form in Legion of X on a 10-year plan. Mm. five-year plan and we think oh we can just we can just persuade storm on our side with our brain powers psych yeah this was great this was something that i was not expecting at all i got to this part and i was like i can't wait to ask justin how excited he is to see that this iraqi team is teaming up to make this happen right the fact that storm teams up with laktuka and gets this knowledge trigger phrase that if anybody tries to manipulate you psychically you just say these words and all of the knowledge that is all of the the knowing that is in with Laktuka's minds will flood them and essentially overwhelm them so she can use her powers and escape she's like bye you crazies i'm out of here and i'm you, coming uh, back for you baby i'm coming, I'm back, coming for you. back for you you abominations Said as if it's a bad thing. I posted Classic this. Classic sinister moment. I posted this as the third of three images today. Mm. The destiny has been on it all along. So Storm flees the council chamber. And just this panel is just so beautiful. I love it. Just the hair, the anger, the fury in her eyes mm. and her face. Lucas, Very well. Lucas, 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 War. Lucas. No, not yet. Wait, how did you how did you know I was well, of course, you're destiny. I'm destiny. I know everything. We must be on the same side. You can't you can't fight destiny. She sees what's happening. So just embrace what she's telling you. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, so that means that it never had to be sinister. It was just the forces needed to align with her, whoever it was. The fact that sinister is on his own side. No, we have to be on the same side now. Mm. That's the update to it. Yes. Look at sad Krakoa in the background. As sinister says... Now let's get to work. Yeah, he gets voted on the council because there's an empty seat. This council that we saw in the couple pages before. What's happening here with Emma? I think she was Why killed. Is she floating? I think she was killed by Storm. Oh, Which I see. it's curious as to why no one else was, but, you know, Colossus can Looks be like metal. Looks like magic might have been taken out. It's really, you know, it's tough to see all my faves as evil villains, but... Yeah, magic on the council, Namor on the council, both sinister versions. Kate's a sinister. 
Then we get another series of one-page story updates. And Sebastian Shaw takes control over his own hell, becomes the emissary to the various hells of the 616 universe. Every time he is killed. This is, this is just, each of these pages is like its own story. Yep. Each of these things could be, I don't want to say an issue, but like a couple more pages of a vignette to see it play out a little bit. Think about think about House and Powers. Think about how we felt that way about that and why that book is so awesome, like why those stories are so awesome. I think that part of the thing that makes them so great is that you as a, as a reader, as a fan, can just like envision and fantasize and headcanon your own little yeah, 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 story yeah. in there. You but know? I know that we're not going to get more of these things or at least i don't think that we are mm-hmm. and that's why i'm like oh but at least house and powers played around these big ideas and and fleshed them out this magic kicking over asgard it's rough magic Ooh. it's rough but it is a beautiful image yeah a little wanda insurance on the next oh page. my god no more wanda just in just case. in case just to make sure josh Cassara's page Mm-hmm. As the Chimera school, some true Chimeras, actual blends of two mutants together. So I know that that's a beast in and a Colossus, and I don't know who the rest of them are. That looks like Rock Slide and potentially Chamber. Mm. I'm guessing that that is Kitty Pride and maybe Arrow. Someone with wings. I'm not sure. Kitty Pride because her leg is missing. It seems like she's phasing through the wall. Mm. And that's a Wolverine and Cyclops. Either Cyclops. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because of the he's got his beams. eyes are covered and he's got beams coming out of his claws, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And to be using the school. Yeah. The Xavier School as. His new lab as this chimera factory to create these new students. Which is your favorite of the four? Oh, I don't know. Visually, I like the wrong slide one the best. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think it's the Beast Colossus. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. As we get an update on the war on Storm's Brotherhood, they get close enough to implant a bomb into the inside of Morocco and explode. We've seen some preview art from Storm and the Brotherhood a couple weeks ago where it looks like the planet is blown up and has an asteroid belt around it. Oh, man. This is that. Look at that team. Look at that team with no diamonds on their head. Yeah. This is Stefano Casali bringing us the team that he knows and regularly draws. Looking good, that team. Plus 10. Our final set of pages as we live in 10 years in the future. The X-Gene protests, looking at the most wanted person in the world, in the universe, Aurora Monroe. Dun, dun, dun. Because nobody stands up to Sinister. Not even Foggy Nelson. Oh, Foggy. Poor Foggy. Yeah. He just wants to say, hey, this ain't right, y'all. You should maybe be worried about this. That's okay, because Spidey Crawler's coming for you. The Night Legion. Oh, man. I love it, but I don't. <laughs> As we 
Find an unruly council in our last few pages. Time to come out and flex our control. It's the, it's the time to stop hiding the diamond and, and just let it go. Let it fly. Mm-hmm. But the concern that space is coming for us. There's, it's a valid concern. There's chatter out there in the deep galaxy. You know, there's a lot more than just what is on Earth. And and, and Storm is the region of soul, remember? Right. She's got lots of friends in lots, lots of places. Of pole, right, and she is definitely going to be vocal to those people about what's going on here. Yep. There is a plant from the inside and just emanating outwards. Someone's got to take this crazy crew down. This idea that they all vote against what Sinister wants and he's upset. You're surprised. It seems you've been meddling with my work. So the telepaths are fighting the Sinister persona. They're doing a little bit more resistance. They're seeing their own way. Well, the fact that my dream could exist, Xavier's dream could exist with assimilation. It's just a sinister version of Xavier's dream. If yeah. I make everyone like me, then we're all peaceful and happy. And and Sinister's like, you know what? This is not what I wanted. That's not what I said. I, I was going to control you. You were going to be my little puppets and you're not doing it right. So I'm going back and I'm getting a reset because I'm going to do it how I want to do it. But wait a second. This is not all fiddle bastard sticks with a bunch of other explicits in there. Someone? Someone's deactivated his teleporter. Oh my goodness. And he can't teleport. Now he's going he's gonna to travel on this little disc through the rain. He's got to physically go there. And then this little disc, this port into the base because he's got you know some safeguards. He can't directly teleport in. So he's got to find ways to get there. He's got oh, bigger problems than that, though. When he gets there, I don't know if you saw the thing from Marvel. They oh, Marvel spoiled a little Your bit little today. Spoilers, but you can't get too mad at him because it was really cool looking. Where they splice together the last page image from Immortal X Men number one with this last page image here, and how it's Moira is there and then she's not there. Oh, interesting. Someone has stolen my lab. Someone has stolen my Moira's. I'm trapped. You think that someone is destiny? I believe it has to be. Yes. She's and, the only one who knows what he's up to. And, you know, Kieran has been very upfront about the fact that, like, you know, we have a way out of this. We're obviously not going to, this isn't going to be the future of Krakoa. Right. There's going to be a reset button, and we've laid it out explicitly. Who is in control of that and what is learned from this experience still up in the air. Oh, man. What a great first issue. Yeah. Honestly, come on. I'm upset that we don't get another issue next week. Yeah. When do we have to get the next one? It's the week after. Oh, okay. Well, it's not too long of a wait. Yeah. What'd you think? Big picture. I, I mean, loved it. Right. I mean, I've been pretty much expressing my love for it the entire time we've been talking about it, but I just think it does such a great job of setting up this universe in a way that's giving us a recap, getting us excited, giving us tastes of some things that are to come. Like, hey, look, remember, remember, there's going to be a bunch of Nightcrawlers. Remember, Storm's assembling a team. You know, remember the... Uh, council is a bunch of Sinisters, and they may or may not be solidly on Sinister's team. You know, I think this is going to be a really exciting arc, and I I just can't wait to see where it goes. I just want to go into it 
just expectation free. You know, I just want to let it be what it be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I literally just said, whoa. <laughs> just because, wow, there was so much. It was such a huge story. Like, this felt like Kieran doing House of X and Powers of Ten, but just in one issue, or at least the first two, like issue one of House of X, issue one of Powers of Ten in one issue, and then teaming up with two other writers to play out in that world. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's 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 thrilling. Would agree. Would definitely agree. And a bunch of other people agreed in our questions. So let's get into it. BMCG two. How are the other books going on during Sins of Sinister? Is this a dream? So it's not a dream. It's not a dream. It is. And and there's been a lot of questions about this online. It's just like, is this an alternate reality? Is this another dimension? And Kieran said in an interview on Marvel with Jordan White, this, and they've been saying this from the start, this is not an alternate timeline. This is just what could happen if this line was followed. So this is essentially... At the end of the day, it will be a life of a Moira clone. Right. And I think the way the other books are are happening is they're the titles in, are pre-Sins of Sinister. Right. right? They're still they're, in year zero. Right. They're still living it out in year zero before all the craziness happens, except for the titles that are directly tied into this. Which are jumping so far ahead, right? The, the fact that we get year zero content here but not a whole lot has changed. Right. Just the seeds of what's to come. And it'd be great if we get a little referential bit here and there. I was talking to Bill on Twitter and he was saying about how like the other titles can just exist in this. Mm-hmm. And then we went back and forth about thinking, okay, but what about War College? Because that'll start while this is going on. Bishop, always associated with time travel, right. how might that intersect, especially mm-hmm. with Tempo on his team, with what's going on in the grander scheme. Interesting, interesting. Michael Fox said that Sinister realized he's now stuck with an entire nation of backstabbing intellectual and corrupt mutants with his own superiority complex and lack of morals, but they're all still themselves. That's right. You just gave them all your big head, Sinister. <laughs> right, and they all think that they're strong enough to take you down and be the Sinister in charge. Mm-hmm, because that's the classic Sinister way. Yeah. This revelation and the fact that we haven't even touched the other Sinister suits makes this event so much more intriguing. Also, I had no words for the series of pages depicting the mutants taking down slash defeating almost every aspect of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it's pretty dope. To think about how do the other sins, how do the other suits play into this? Right. Because they have to, right? That's what this was That's what they were setting up for, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why, it's honestly why I feel so dead set on Mother Righteous being the heart sinister. Well, we'll find out because soon enough, of, hopefully. Yeah, we only got one issue of Legion of X before it turns into Nightcrawlers. Oh, Nelly. Blonde China said, uh, I guess hope's not so replaceable, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we were all rooting for you, Sink. Tyra Banks Storm ate that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go. So she's leading the rebels, but... Who do we think Destiny is referring to? Other Sinisters? As in, like, the we have to be on the same side? Like, who else? I think it's just everybody in that resistance. It would be pretty dope if the other Sinisters took him down, though. So I did get a little insight from that interview in that they see what Nathaniel Essex, Mr. Sinister, is doing. And they're like, whoa, how how is this guy 
going to do everything? Like, do they team up? Do they find each other? Are they aware of each other? Craziness can be coming down the line. But he also, Blanchina also echoes the how brutal was sins on the rest of the Marvel Universe. The Fantastic Four, Juggernaut gets no respect ever. We know, poor Juggernaut. We're just going to use you as a weapon and then launch into space and see what happens. Yeah. Warlion thought it was dope, but wants to point out the continuity errors regarding non-X-Men characters. So Wanda can't be killed nowadays without unleashing power that would destroy the planet because of Chathon and the Darkhold are kept safe within her. Ben Grimm found a cure, but refused to take it as he's happy being the thing. And I think that that might have some other thing like to have the ability to shift between, but also the propaganda of mm. the, be a part of this other thing. Plus, Sinister isn't smart enough to figure out what the two smartest people in the world took a long time to do. I don't think he is, but he's got Forge on his team. Right. He's got the mutant genome on his side. The fact that he just spliced in some mystique, that's an easy, you know, Val and Reed never went that route. Right. They weren't meddling with mutant DNA. Right. To just create a new Ben Grimm with a different power set. I think that's what answers it. Emma killed Namor. Namor doesn't put his guard down except around people that he loves. Do we think that Kieran wants to make them a thing like he did in Uncanny X-Men? I don't think so. I don't think that I we're going to be... I think it was just like a nod of like... Sure. Their well, past relationship. Well, something. so there's two There's two times. Is I don't think we're going to see it in this because this is going to progress too far beyond that now. And plus it basically be just Sinister making out with himself, mm-hmm. which I don't put past him. True. But... It could also be referencing when Immortal comes back, when we reset back to our current continuity. Is that something that will continue to play out and explore? The fact that Kieran puts Nemor onto the council and has the thing that has been bubbling in the background in, in a couple of Hickman issues of, hey, do you want to be a part of this? We have Arako now. We have an entire empire. Everyone wants to be a mutant. Don't mm-hmm. you want to be a part of controlling that? It does set up him joining them potentially. Yeah, but I just don't think that that nod to his relationship with Emma is meant to be a serious relationship between the two of them. I just took it as like a, hey, this is a fun thing for the fans to know like these two had a thing once. They've had a thing several times. And I think that that's where the question lies is, is it coming back? Gonzalo is saying suddenly everyone who has not died during the Krakoan era is absolutely relevant. Have a list? Question mark. Right, listen, we thought about it. It hasn't been formed yet. Yeah, and and at this point, especially with this confirmation that it's just who's resurrected from here on right, out, right? right? It's not everyone that's died because of what Hope was doing to correct the sinister virus. Right, so it's everyone who died since Sinister got put in the pit, essentially. Yeah. Since Hope was resurrected mm-hmm. and now has this corruption. He also called out the no more Wanda just in case made me spit my coffee laughing. <laughs> no, it was great. It was absolutely yeah, fantastic. It was funny. LV Duart wonders, will Sinister end up being the hero of Sins of Sinister? That would be very sinister, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny. I mean, he's already, we're only in issue one and he's already kind of put in a corner. Right. He has to now make this work. Right. And it's going to go beyond what he wanted. Like this was only the first brushstroke of what he wanted. He didn't want to keep on living in it. This was just 
data point one of ten. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you think about, okay, could he shift gears? But also, someone stole his Moira, and the thought that we have is that the Moira will be the reset point. So whoever has that, whoever has the Moira, holds the key to the sins of Sinister, I think. And I wonder, to have stolen his entire lab, they might also be able to download and implant the information. I'm not sure how that will work the way that he was doing it, right? Mm. So you, you have this knowledge, you have the fact that, okay, Sinister is going to try and do things from the pit or from his implanted council because at the beginning of this issue, when he sets the Moira save point, he's already infected the four council members. Mm-hmm. So resetting the Moira will not undo that point. That's true. So you would have to, I guess, kill Moira six versus Moira seven. Now we're just getting in the weeds. Yeah. You're making my brain hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. That's what it's for. Mike loves Mariah Carey. Sins of Sinister might be my newest favorite issue ever. Storm avoiding psychic meddling. No more Wanda. Juggernaut bullet through Thanos. I love when X-Men combine their powers for a fancy move. Mm -hmm. I haven't said holy cow out loud so many times ever reading one comic book. I'm so impressed. I can't wait to read Storm and the Brotherhood in two weeks. Yeah, Storm and the Brotherhood I think is going to be the... The big one. I mean, it's the X-Men red of this. Right, exactly. And, Literally, yeah, and I'm I'm really excited for for Immoral X Men and even just Nightcrawlers because all right, I'm excited for the whole thing, right? Uh, as am I, right? I just think Storm is the Storm is the key. Like this is what we've been waiting for. She's we've the been, hero. We've been you know building up, building up. Storm having her moment, and this is it. I think Vader Reno says this was the one. Storm and Sinister steal the spotlight, and you love to watch them both. Krakoa being lobotomized and Doug murdered hurt, hurt a lot. Excited to see how Storm and the murder mommies take him down, which honestly, Vitorino, I, I laughed out loud and Storm it's and hitting the murder mommies. It's hitting Alicia. Like I always call her the murder ladies, but I think that has to shift now to murder mommies. <laughs> because, you know, they raised rogue. They are moms. Nightcrawler. They, Nightcrawler. Well, they didn't really raise Nightcrawler. Mystique threw him into a Waterfall. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a murder mommy to me. Sure. Vaderino has a theory. Ooh, I love a theory. Hope has shown that she isn't just a power mimic. She's also intuitive. She intrinsically understands how they work and can work better. She's also been shown to manipulate those she's bonded with, like with the five lights, without being aware of doing so. I think that's why... It didn't work before. She unconsciously removed the sinister infection every time. Sink didn't know to do that. Mm. This is an extra point of her power that was happening. She had no idea that she was doing it. It's just something, an imperfection was there. How do we make it better? How do we make the best possible end use of this power set? And his last question it was Mystique and Destiny that stole Sinister's lab, right? It's yeah, got to totally. be. totally. It has to I be. I feel like it has to be. And has and Storm, be. because between the point where that was at year five, right? And then to year 10. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be It's got to be someone on that team. Because that's all that's left now. They're, they're the only people that we can count on. Yep. Gilbert Rojo, 1022. OMG, what the hell with Sins of Sinister? This was awesome. Agreed. It was. It was so insane. It was so good. 
Spider's rules. I'm sad on Cypher's death. I wonder how Bay would react. Ooh. Right. She'd be mad. And she's an unknown force. She is of the Iraqi. She would not be in the resurrection nope. protocol. She, I don't think I've seen her in any promotion art. I'm surprised that she's not with the Brotherhood of Mutants. Mm, maybe she will be. Right. Eric Huffman, all the single page summaries and Sins of Sinister sure made them seem so ruthless, but damn, so strong. Poor Jugs. <laughs> I love that the world Sinister made was getting out of his control and whoops, his failsafe is gone. Who could have taken the lab? Someone on his side? Destiny Mystique? What about Apocalypse? Ooh, interesting if it was Apocalypse. But I kind of feel like this like fumbling and like having a, a mistake that is a catastrophic mistake with the little whoopsie kind of vibe is that's the sinister way. Yeah. Is that like he, he thinks he's all good news and then he's overlooked something because he's too planning into the future. He's too busy like showboating his amazingness to really fine-tune all the details and i gotta be honest i think apocalypse is going to be his own event mm. i think apocalypse's return is going to be its own thing as it should be as it should be right it's gonna be huge when it happens I, my money is on destiny and mystique being involved in it that's all our questions what that's all our comics week. that's all we got hit me with what's coming next week we've got a big week scarlet witch number two and Storm features in it. I saw a preview Ooh. page the other day. Dark Web Finale, number one. Legion of X, number 10. X-Force, number 37, with the mask coming off. It's time. Venom, number 16. Wrapping up the complete Dark Web storyline. And that's all we got. Ooh, baby. It's not too much, but it's a good sampling of a bunch of stuff. Yes. Comic salad. I feel, yeah, I feel like that's why we're not getting any Sins of Sinister. It's to let Dark Web wrap breathe up. and wrap up. And then, all right, now for and the next going in. couple months, we're going in big with Sins of Sinister. Well, that was fun. Yeah, it was always good. So until next time, old friend. Mr. Sinister! Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 